Hello and welcome to the People for Olson podcast. In this week's episode, Mayor Mark Olson is sitting down and talking with County Executive Ryan McMahon. Well, we are so excited that you have joined us on this campaign journey and on the podcast here at the People for Olson podcast. Election day is coming up. It is Tuesday, November 2nd. Early voting has been going on, and we're so excited for election night. And we're just so appreciative of all the support that you have given us during this campaign from your time and financial contributions to even listening to the podcast and following along with the campaign from our website and social media. We cannot thank you enough, and we are so excited for the results come election night. Without further ado, here's this week's conversation between Mayor Mark Olson and County Executive Ryan McMahon. So I want to welcome a special guest this evening to the People for Olson podcast, uh, Ryan McMahon, County Executive for Onondaga County. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Ryan, how are you today? I'm great, Mayor. Thanks for having me. I do want to say I didn't get to speak today at the Village of Manoa, but I want to, on behalf of the Mayor's Association, thank you for your your um, sponsoring the Main Street Grant Program and also supporting what we feel is one of the best programs the county has done in a long time. And revitalizing our Main Streets is something that I think is important to all the mayors and all the residents in those communities. So I want to say thank you very much for your work on that and the legislature too, because it's an important project that they approve every year. It is. And I think, uh, Mayor, and you know this, but ever since we've been in this role, uh, because of people like yourself who've worked with me for years on really, really focusing in on our villages being small cities and Main Street being our downtowns, our economic drivers, and strong Main Streets mean you're going to have strong neighborhoods. And uh, strong neighborhoods mean you're going to continue to have great schools and you'll be able to support your schools. So everything's connected. And I know in Fayetteville, you guys were our, our first award recipient uh, because you had a plan. And that's what we've said to our mayors. Come up with a plan and come to us and we'll find funds. And so we used county funds uh, two years ago. Uh, we used uh, American Rescue Plan funds uh, this time around. Uh, and in our budget today, we uh, got uh, more Main Street money approved uh, that the legislature just passed. So we're really excited about this. Um, certainly, uh, we think that these are going to be transformative projects for all 15 villages. Yeah. The nice thing is it's it's such a win-win-win for everybody involved. Uh, you know, the residents win, the county wins with sales tax, and the village wins with good infrastructure and good businesses and quality services. You know, so to me, those are all the programs that I look forward to working on when I, be, you know, become a legislator. And one of the things that we talk about on the show is connecting the dots, because I think so many people don't understand how much county government is intertwined with towns and villages in the city of Syracuse. And to me, that's been the great thing about having Marty Voss and having all the other people from the county and having all the legislators on to be able to showcase all the things happening at the county. What do you think right now is the biggest thing that the county is doing to help the residents in our, in our county? Yeah, so right now, kind of like the the monumental task of, of any government, probably in our county's history, has been dealing with the pandemic. 
Um, and, and we've led that effort and not, not just for the county, but the whole region uh, throughout this process. So that continues to be uh, very, very important uh, work that we do every day. Uh, and so, so we're never going to take our eye off the ball there until this thing's over. Uh, and hopefully it'll be over soon. Um, but the critical role when you look think about COVID is, is, is COVID is not just about uh, a virus and trying to prevent virus and vaccination and stopping the spread. Um, the, the pandemic has impacted us in so many ways. And when you look at where it has impacted us uh, from a human capital standpoint uh, with mental health, uh, with uh, opioid addiction and other public health issues that have been exacerbated by isolation, those are all things that we do in county government. Um, we take care of our most vulnerable, um, our children, uh, our sick, our poor, and our seniors. And so when you talk about recovery, we always talk about recovery from a human capital standpoint. How are we going to make sure our kids get back to where they were? How are we going to make sure our seniors aren't isolated? How are we going to help uh, the members of our community that have addiction issues? Uh, but also we talk about uh, economic recovery. And we talk about investments like Main Street, like we talked about today, but also understanding how county government works. And we run government on sales tax. And uh, that means when we make strategic investments, we need to make strategic investments in drivers of sales tax so that we can continue to pay for our human services, so we can continue to have a world-class park system, so we can continue to have uh, a public safe safety network with 911 and our sheriff's department, emergency management, um, our, our basic services. Uh, property taxes don't pay for those. we got a $1.4 billion budget. Our tax levy is about $156 million dollars. Um, so sales tax pays for all that. So I think right now we're in a position fiscally because we made very, very tough decisions in 20 and 21 uh, when, when things were uh, really indecisive with uh, where our uh, fiscal situation would be. Uh, the, we planned for the worst and the worst hasn't happened. So now we're in a position where we have uh, some local one-time money. Uh, and as, as everybody knows, I've proposed that we go spend this one-shot money in a way that will stimulate the economy, but also pay long-term dividends to fund our basic operations um, with really uh, some transformational projects, including uh, a state-of-the-art aquarium at our Inner Harbor. I think people need to, that's it's such a good point because I've been kind of, when I had my forum last week with uh, the person I'm running against, I tried to explain that, that, that people need to understand that if we want to have all these programs, 52% of the budget is funded by sales tax. And in order to keep all these programs that help everybody in the county, we need to find re reoccurring revenues. And sales tax is one of the fairest, uh, best ways to do that. And without tourism and without the things that you're trying to do, it's hard to continue those programs. And what do you want? I always go back to the residents and say, okay, what do you want to give up? Well, they don't want to give up anything. No one right. wants to lose any programs. Well, okay, then we have to figure out a way to pay for these things, and this is the way to do it. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, again, I've been trying to do on this podcast is really explain to people, this is how it's done. This is what we need to do to get to where you want to be and where we want to be, where everybody can enjoy a quality of life in Onondaga County and have safe, clean, everything that they want to have in their houses, whether it's water or sewer or parks. or And I've just been amazed at how many things the county does. How do we get that out better to the residents? Because even I, who've you know been in office and dealt with you and dealt with a lot of department heads, 
I was, you know, the fish hatchery and the WEP and the right. zoo and 911 and social services. And your Office of Aging helped our senior center because we had that in the beginning of the pandemic. We brought people back or in the middle of the pandemic, we started open the senior center and the seniors were struggling. And I said, call, ask for help. And between the help they got from the Office of Aging and other senior centers around the community, we were able to come together and put together a program to help our seniors. I just think people, we need to do a better job of figuring out how to tell people what it is that the county does. And I'm just, you know, say, how do you do that? Because I think people don't, once you tell them the story, they're like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and, and, and you're right. And we see that, right? So if you think about us from, a, if you were to talk about us like a business, you know, we're a $1.4 billion entity. We have 2,800 employees, but we do 30 different things. <laughs> and so, yeah. and, and they're all pretty critical. Um, and it's, it's tough to talk about uh, sewers and stuff till, you know, until you have sewage backups in your basement. Then you want to, and then it's all, all you care about. Um, so I think on messaging, I think one of the things that has helped us with this uh, is because of the pandemic, people know what their county executive does now. Mm-hmm. And they, they have a better idea what their county legislator does. And because of that, that, that microphone that we have, we try to use to highlight everything else we're doing. Um, but you're right. We need to do a better job um, about telling our story, making sure people know what services are there when they have that moment in time where they may need it. Um, you know, right now uh, we're focused very much on uh, our HEAP program. As we know, energy costs are going to be rising. And uh, trying to figure out exactly what's our budget, where do we think there might be gaps, are there things we should do now to be able to help residents pay for these energy bills uh, and some of these residents that maybe wouldn't need help a year ago that may need help now because uh, these prices may rise a certain point. But these are all things that county government does. Um, and and we we do need to continually try to do a better job getting the messaging out because uh, as you know uh, you know we love our media but our media likes uh, to talk about uh, bad news usually yeah. um, and 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 they don't necessarily get out some of the basic information that's not as uh, sensational at times. I've learned during the campaign these uh, the tech, uh, they're called wedge issues and I'm like oh god this just doesn't to me it's just you know. You're right. I think the media needs to do a better job of really showcasing. I remember, I think I said, I read in the uh, paper uh, that the legislature uh, came together about something. And I'm like, they come together a lot more than than the media gives them credit for. Uh, At last I knew there was like 86% of the time they're unanimous. And the other times, you know, they're either split or there's there's agreement. Uh, They just don't like process or they don't like uh, the way it was brought to them. But there's not as much divisiveness in the legislature as the media brings out to be. And I think that's important to get out there because I, I don't think people think the legislature works together and the six or yeah. seven meetings I've been to, they have, and they're working well together. Yeah. And I think that's a narrative that I, people try to play up in p- the political silly season. The reality is most of the items we send to the legislature are basic operation items and then everything else, even when there's a no vote. So say it's not unanimous. Um, usually it's the, the same cast of characters of one or two people that quite frankly, just don't like me. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's just, uh, when it comes to the bipartisanship, uh, I used to run the legislature. Um, we did a very good job working together because most of these issues aren't even, you know, these aren't Republican or Democrat issues. These are local community issues. Uh, and, uh, one of the things that, that it's my job is I represent everybody. 
anybody. So, you know, I, I try to remind the legislators that I know you represent your district and you got to take care of that. But on some of these issues, you know, we got a problem over on this side of the community. And eventually it's going to be a, a, a countywide problem if we don't address it here. Right. And so I think uh, for the most part, uh, when, when you see some of the, the criticism, and I think I know the headline that you're, you're referencing, um, there's uh, often, it, it's rare when there isn't bipartisanship, not when there is at the legislature. And that's what we want moving forward to. Yeah. It, you know, there was another time where it was the body cameras and, the, and you know, the other side voted against it. And the paper made it sound like they were dead setting. They were not. They just didn't like the process and they wanted something changed. And I said, that's the way it should have been report, reported, not, right. you know, Democrats are against, you know, body cameras. They're not. And they weren't. Right. They just wanted a different way. So today is raining. And is the Office of Emerging Management open? Because it is open. Yeah. yeah. And, and so uh, we're, we're closely watching um, different infrastructure that we use to uh, to deal with weather events like this. And uh, at some point, some of that infrastructure may not be able to, a lot of our catch basins might get overrun um, in, in certain parts of the county, specifically really our Southern and uh, Western towns uh, always get hit this year. It's crazy. Um, so at that point, then you, you look at potentially closing down roads. And so um, we, we, we know where our problem spots are. Um, and so we're certainly watching those now. Um, but, but again, yeah, it, it, you know, any any events like this, you have your emergency management team coordinating with, as you know, your, your local uh, boots on the grounds in your villages and in your towns and your cities, uh, trying to uh, be ready to prepare uh, for public safety and to keep the community safe. And that's really our number one responsibility uh, when you look at everything, whether it's in a pandemic or or whether it's uh, in a weather event like this. How does it work? Because like t- this morning, you know, we knew the weather was coming. So I have my DPW chief. I have my fire chief. Everybody's out. We're clearing ba- basins. We're looking at the water level. I just got off the phone with the mayor of Manoa and the mayor of Manlius. It's coming your way. You know, it's rising. Does Dan come to you, Dan, where's the emergency manager and come to you and say, okay, we've got this event you know, I need you here, or I need you here, or I want you to be aware of this, or is it you kind of saying, hey, here's what we need done? I, I've always been interested to know what happens. Yeah, so we have we have a basic infrastructure in place, right? So we know, um, based off of the different events, our, our certainly our emergency management is going to coordinate with all the various response departments, whether it's your Department of Transportation or certainly Water Environmental Protection um, and wet weather events, because you that's when we'll get a certain... Uh, infiltration into the uh, existing system, which could create problems for businesses and homes or our wastewater treatment facilities. So uh, certainly uh, we're communicating. Uh, Basically, technology is great. We actually have a leadership uh, group thread that's going on now via text. So uh, we're communicating and uh, I'm receiving updates probably about every hour on where the situation is. And uh, certainly, uh, you know, when, when things get a little bit more active in different types of events, you know, you're, uh, you're, you're all together and you're getting intelligence out into the field. Uh, and, you know, so it's coming back. So you have the ability to make uh, timely decisions if necessary. Yeah. And that's another thing I just don't think people understand <laughs> behind the scenes. There's a lot going on every day, you know, whether it's the health department or the emergency management department or DOT or your office, it, it is a business. And to me, I just, that's the one thing I've been trying to get out in this podcast is to let people know that the county is one, leadership matters, and it's an organization that's run very well, and there's a lot of moving parts, uh, but everything is geared towards the service of the residents, and it's not always the political parties at the narrative that people try to push. It's not that. It's about service. So um, I push that and push that and push that in this podcast, and, it, and it's resonating. Uh, I think people it, understand. 
And as a mayor, you know that, and and because uh, because it's your your in that that experience will you'll be able to take that with you to the legislative branch, and that will be invaluable there for the legislature overall. Um, and so that's it, again, when people are pushing these these really partisan narratives, they're doing that to divide, and they're and and and, and that's intentional, uh, right? At the local level, uh, many of these issues we can have disagreements on where to invest uh, dollars and cents. Um, and you know, but that's that that's typically not a partisan disagreement. Uh, so when you see these partisan things coming up and this division in local elections, it's it's intentional and it's done that way on purpose. And and we just need to rise above that fray. Yeah. So you know, Kevin gave me great advice: go to the meetings, learn more about the committees. Uh, Terry Pickard, who was the legislator before t- uh, Kevin, said, "Read the charter." Uh, I'm three quarters of the way through the charter. What advice do you have for a new legislator that's coming in on the county ledge? So you're going to come in with a head start, right? Because you're going to understand uh, the players. You're going to have a good sense of everything. I, I would say really hunker down uh, with the finance team and understand the money. Um, and, and if you have a, a grasp of the budget, that's going to help you in your decision-making process uh, on what and what not to support and, and certainly what and what not to advocate for as well. Um, so that's really the, the one thing is, is really understanding the money and how it flows and what the departments do and what maybe they can do more of to support you and your district. Uh, and, and I think that's really important, uh, especially on the, on the human services side of things. Um, th- these are very complex departments. They have a lot of mandates um, and uh, how they get funded is very complex, but they do provide basic core services, but some other services that are that, that a lot of people really enjoy, especially with our seniors. So that would be my advice is, is really dive in, understand the budget and then understand uh, what the departments do and how they operate, uh, because uh, a lot of those operations could go out and benefit those uh, constituents of yours uh, in Manlius. I always tell new trustees, you know, the more you put in, the more you get. Uh, being an elected official, you know, you'll learn all about the do's and don'ts in the village and how it works. And we're very similar, just a lot smaller. Um, do you feel like that's the same statement in the county? It, it is. It, it really is. And, and the uh, I've always said, I love elected officials who have goals um, because then you know uh, what the goals are and how can you help them achieve and accomplish their goals. And when people have goals, they're also more willing to compromise. And uh, what I don't love is elected officials that don't have any goals because then they're typically there for the wrong reason and less likely to compromise on complicated issues. So um, I, you know, I, I, goal orientated elected officials that are coming in, that are passionate, have things they want to get done, uh, believe that if, if we can do this or that, the community is going to be on the right trajectory. These are all people I really love to work with. Um, and again, I, I'm ecstatic about the opportunity to work with you uh, because we've worked together so well already um, in different areas. Uh, now we're, we're talking about doing this at a regional level, um, which is really exciting. Yeah, to me, I always, uh, I, I wish people would do it more, and I'm learning this. It took me 17 years to learn it, but I'm telling people, sit in my shoes. I, I need to sit in your shoes uh, when you're in the audience and think how you're thinking, but sit in my shoes and realize the things that I'm trying to do and trying to react to issues that are in front of me, and I just wish people would have a little more empathy for what we have to do, and we have to have a little more empathy for what they have to do 
uh, in their daily lives. And to me, it's working, and it's, it's one of these messages that we're resonating with the residents in Fayetteville because we're all in it together. You know, we need to compromise, and mayors do that every day of the year. We work with every party, every official, everybody that will help us get stuff done in our village. We'll work with them because it's for the betterment of our community. And I think, I, I still think we need to come to the middle more and stop this partisan left or right and just become elected officials that are there to serve the public. And to me, that's the best thing about doing this job, you know, and it's not even a job. It's, it's an honor. Yeah. No, I think, I think you're right. And the, uh, you know, we, I always say the voters are going to determine who my partners are, uh, in government. Um, and, uh, once the elections are over, um, then it's time to govern. And uh, the, the good the good stewards and the good elected officials, uh, they take that seriously. Uh, but, but, you know, there, there's some that don't. And uh, but that's something that, you know, I want to work with anybody that, that wants to work with me to move this region forward, move this county forward. Um, and the voters are going to decide that. Right. And so, um, you know, that's our job. Yeah. And, and as a mayor, you have that same experience. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to work with whoever the voters give you to move the ball forward. Uh, the issues uh, are, are going to be what the issues are. Yeah. I was with Mayor Miner this weekend at an event, and she kind of said the exact same thing. She goes, Mark, it's, at the end of the day, it's about service. That's all it is. You know what I mean? It's just the way you get it done and how you get it done and who you, who you interact with and to get it done. So tell me, give me a typical day. Because you, I mean, a lot of people want to yeah. know what it, you know, I know there's no typical day, but give us a typical day. Yeah. So, so in the morning, I, I get uh, Jack, Maddie, and Andrew off to their uh, respected uh, schools first off. So by the time I get to work, I'm very tired, <laughs> um, and so the uh, <laughs> need a lot of coffee. Uh, but but we we do do you know similar things, right? I, I in the morning I come in. Um, usually I'm getting uh, either in the evening or in the morning a briefing on where we stand with the pandemic. Um, you know, usually we're going to, uh, check in with our hospitals every day, see how they're doing, uh, you know, check in on, uh, various things. Now, one of the things that we're tracking very closely is supply chain. Um, think about all the purchasing we do for different entities and, um, you know, where, where are we with being able to make sure that we have, you know, supplies when we need them just for basic operations. Um, but I have, uh, you know, a pretty busy schedule. Um, and this time of year, we're just getting through the budget right now. Uh, I just taking a vote today and, uh, then I'll, I'll have decisions to make on any amendments. Um, but you know, we're, we're putting forward a budget, we're putting forward a capital plan for the next year. And so, uh, it's been busy with various meetings with, with different legislators, different stakeholders, different interest groups. Um, but, uh, I've been able to get back out there too in the public and anytime I can get out in the public and, and, you know, uh, be a cheerleader for different organizations in the community, uh, and, or, uh, be a champion for our, our community. That's what I like to do. So, uh, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of meetings, uh, during the course of the day. Uh, some days are internal days where I'm meeting with my three deputy county executives and my CFO and my senior leadership team. Um, some days we're taking meetings with potential uh, people trying to make investments in the community, uh, constituents. Um, and uh, very rarely do you get a day where y you have just time to yourself. Uh, so, uh, you know, you kind of work on uh, all levels of uh, from pandemic to operations, making sure that everything, the operations are going good. Uh, to your budget, to your agenda. And, uh, you know, the state of the county, we put forward our agenda each year. And uh, to get that agenda moved through the legislature and accomplished, uh, it, it takes a lot of work and a lot of time. I asked this question later in the in the podcast, but I, it just came to me. What 
tell us one thing that we don't know about you. And I'll give you an example. Uh, Dr. Cody was a Green Bay Packers fan. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Colleen Gunnup is a big hockey fan. Um, goes to all the crunch games. And tell us one thing. So this, uh, this is, uh, you know, people are going to laugh at this, uh, but I, and I'm not, I'm not ashamed of this, um, <laughs> but I, I, so I am a huge Green Bay Packer fan. I'm an owner of the Green Bay Packers um, as a shareholder, nice. um, but the, I, I am a huge reality TV fan and I grew up watching the real world on MTV, the first reality TV show. And so uh, I'm a huge reality TV fan and, and, uh, whatever reality TV's on, uh, I usually don't turn the channel to it, but I can watch it. So uh, that's something certainly that I think most people don't know about me. I I laugh a little bit because people say like, I, you know, our schedule, we go, 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 go. And then at the end of the night, we rest for a little bit and go to bed and get it right back and do it again. We like to keep busy, but I love home improvement shows. I could watch home improvement <laughs> shows. I can't do it and I'm terrible at it, but. Well, that's why you like it because you, <laughs> you respect, I, I am a horrible artist, but I, res- I so I respect those who can, who have that skill uh, even more because I can't do it at all. Uh, and I'm in the same boat you are as far as uh, being handy around the house. I'm not, I'm not really good at it. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I get it. Yeah. So you said three county, give us a little background on your structure of your management team or your executive team. Cause I think it's interesting. I don't think people know, you know, all the people and all the players. And to yeah. me, that's when it's been so beneficial for me. Like uh, I talked to Mary Beth Primo last week about the deer program. And then I talked to Ann Rooney about uh, setting up a clinic. And I've talked to, you know, Travis about, you know, the deer program that we're going to do this year and Marty Voss. So uh, we're putting a crosswalk in. And I'm very fortunate after years and years and years of doing this and creating good relationships. Uh, I've been able to get a lot of things done, uh, but I, I think the management team, I looked uh, at the, when I was at the last Ways and Means meeting for the budget, I saw some people that I just didn't, I, I've seen them, but I'm not sure exactly what the role is, like um, Brian Donnelly and, and a few others. Yeah, so we have three deputy county executives. And so the deputy county executives oversee different departments and different uh, functions. So Mary Beth Primo is our deputy uh, county executive of uh, uh, facilities uh, and physical services, right? So if you think about your DOT, you think about your parks, think about your water environmental protection at WEP, those departments all report in through Mary Beth. Um, Ann Rooney is our department, of, uh, deputy county executive of human services. So when you think about our health department, you think about the sheriff, even though he's a separate elected, they work through Ann. Um, think about your children, family services, your, your uh, uh, social services these depart adult long-term care these departments all flow through ann and then brian donnelly uh the deputy county executive and uh, the number two of uh financial services so all of your financial service department your 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 uh, finance department he works with the comptroller's office works with uh the district attorney's office information technology uh besides being my number two uh, all those departments flow through flow through Brian. And so uh, I meet weekly with my department heads, or not my department heads, my deputies, and I get briefed on day-to-day daily operations on, on different things, different challenges there. Um, and then internally, you know, we have our own operation in the county executive's office. So I have a chief of staff, Sue Stanzik, uh, who oversees that. And uh, the uh, I have an executive assistant who helps keep my my time and my day and everything keep me going in the right direction. Um, 
And then there's uh, staff that work in the office. Uh, I have a media uh, individual who works specifically with the media all day long on different inquiries and different things. Um, government relations person who's out there working with uh, various uh, government leaders, whether it's village mayors, town supervisors, state delegation, county legislators, um, groups in the community. Um, and then right now, because of the unique opportunity where we are with uh, American Rescue Plan funds and, and some of the uh, dollars that we have, uh, we have a uh, head of strategic initiatives. Um, and uh, the goal there is this person is really helping oversee the, uh, the plan to uh, invest uh, these American Rescue Plan dollars and some of these local dollars that we uh, have accumulated uh, and, and manage those to make sure that we're getting the outcomes that we need. Is so, there, it, it, sorry, go ahead. Is there, is there, um, like with the city or is the city have a point person so that the two of those people are working together and, and coordinating or is it separate plans and, or. No, no, it's a, it's a great question. Cause a lot of people, when you're talking about what, what are you spending, you know, the, the stimulus funds on, why don't you go do this or that? Um, what, what we don't do on stimulus funds is we will not duplicate efforts with any other government. So the federal government put a lot of money in people's pockets, right? Um, in various ways. The state government has kind of continued that. Um, the city government has done uh, various things. Um, and we look at all of that. And uh, what we did is we have done, we've put forward multiple investments out of those stimulus funds uh, that reflect our PIE agenda, so that, that are working on poverty and uh, removing barriers to, uh, to employment, um, addressing mental health in our schools, putting mental health clinics in every school district in the county, um, modernizing infrastructure, making infrastructure investments, and then economic opportunity. Because the way out of poverty uh, for a, uh, sustainable, in a sustainable way is a job. And I think people need to understand that, is that government's not the answer. Um, removing barriers and giving uh, equal opportunity to every person is the role of government. Uh, understanding that equal opportunity doesn't mean uh, equal outcomes. Um, and, and that's that's just uh, in our country. Um, you know, you got to make sure everybody has certainly the, the best opportunity, but everybody will have different outcomes in everybody's lives. How much of your day is spent, like, like I heard somebody, I was out knocking on door Sunday and he said, oh, I've sent uh, Ryan an email and I'm blah, 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 and I'm mad about this and I'm mad about this. How much of your day do you spend doing that type of interaction with, you know, residents that may send an email or a phone call? Yes. Yeah, so normally if somebody's going to put in an email, so phone calls, usually they're going to go right to the team members. Um, the uh, And we get lots of them, right? Um, I mean, it's impossible to for me to return these, all these calls, um, an email, I'm, I'm very good at reading my email and, and then either getting them to where the person is that can help them. Or in the case, if it's a, especially during COVID, um, I would spend hours every night responding, um, during the heart of the pandemic. Um, but now if you, if there's a hot button issue, I get an email, I'm going to try to get to that. Um, but usually if you called me and said, look, this was happening at a, you know, at the park over here and I want this to happen, I'm going to send that email off to my parks commissioner, Brian Kelly, because he's the guy that's going to be able to help you. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's kind of how the flow goes. Uh, but we get, we get hundreds of emails a day, um, you know. 
who's that person? You know. Like, so, you know, I, I always tell the people, there's no handbook for a mayor or a town supervisor or the county executive or the legislature. Um, who is that person that you call and say, what do you do about, like I have um, Mayor Donovan, God rest his soul. He was my, you know, go-to guy and ask questions if, you know, just on a personal level or, you know, you've been there, done this type of person. Now it's Mayor Brazil or Mayor uh, Worrell. Who is that person for you that you go, oh my God, you know, haven't had to deal with this, but, or just ask a question to? Yeah. One of the things, so it's changed, right? So over, uh, when I got the job, I was new. I would speak to uh, a, a lot of different people, including uh, Nick Pirro, Johnny Mahoney, um, about their experiences. But over the pandemic, um, there's a true bond with all the county executives across the state um, because nobody else knew, except for each other, what we were all going through. Um, and so there's 18 of us, and we're there's only for me, that means there's only 17 other human beings that really had an idea about the pressure that we were all under at various uh, points of the pandemic um, and dealing with the state, dealing with former governor Cuomo and whatnot. Um, And so I've developed very valuable friendships uh, uh, with uh, my Democrat and Republican County executives from across the state. And uh, we lean on each other and uh, we've had, many, many calls for the last year, uh, all hours of the evening, where uh, whether it was things going on in our, our, our own lives or going on in the county, exchanging notes on different things um, that we're doing. And th- that that's kind of where it is now. Tony Pacenti in Oneida County, Dan McCoy, Albany County, uh, certainly Steve Newhouse in Orange County, Marcus Molinero in Dutchess. Uh, these are all folks that uh, I talk to all the time and, and I'm dear friends with. Yeah. It's good to have that group because no one knows what you're going through. You know, we have NICOM and we, I, those conferences are invaluable uh, to learn what they're doing, how they've done it, and to talk to people about. They're having the same experience, whether it's smaller or bigger, but we're all dealing with the same issues. Um, and to me, it's just invaluable because it's tough sometimes. Leadership, um, this isn't going to sound right, but can be lonely sometimes because yeah. there's not a lot of people there to, you know, pat your back and say, okay, keep going. Don't worry about this because it's, you know, it's just it's just the way it is, but it's also an honor to do it. It, it, it is. And it's, and it's an opportunity, right? And I always tell my team now during this is that uh, you're in the position that nobody else who ever had this job before you is in. And what an opportunity that is to, to show yourself that you're, you're up for it and uh, to be the best that's ever been in these roles. Uh, and you are right. When you lead, you have to make decisions and people can criticize those decisions. And usually they criticize those decisions through political lenses on the left and right. Um, and, and so leadership can be lonely um, at times, uh, but that's what that's what you do when you're in these roles yeah. is you, you have to lead and, and you find a way how you make decisions, you find a process and you stick to it. Uh, no matter what the political pressure is. And if you do that, uh, you know, in my experiences, most of the time you're very comfortable with your decisions at the end of the day. Yeah. I always say you're never wrong to make the right decision. So what uh, what's your favorite part of the job as county executive? My favorite part of the job is actually, I, I love uh, the policy. Um, I do love uh, the, uh, I do enjoy the arena, right? The political arena a little bit. I, the back and forth, that's fun at times. Uh, being a former athlete, uh, but my favorite part and uh, is being in the, in the public, being in the community, uh, getting out and experiencing 
all the 19 towns, 15 villages, the city, um, all the cool neighborhoods, all the great businesses, uh, trying to figure out how, uh, you know, in each part of these communities, we can help make that community stronger every day. Um, th that is absolutely my favorite part. I love getting out of downtown and getting out uh, into the, these, these various uh, communities that I yeah, because local government is so important, you know, and, and there was a, I can't remember his name, he's an announcer on TBS, and he says, we get to do this, we get to, to help people, we get to be involved with this, and to me, that's the, the greatest thing, is we get to be in that position to be able to help people and to be able to make things better for our community. What's uh, one thing you don't like? So it, it, it's, it's, it's tough, right? So right now I don't like election year budgets. Um, <laughs> uh, the, uh, <laughs> I, I think, uh, it, you know, I think you're in a position where, um, you know, when you're someone like me and, and, and you're putting forward a pretty bold agenda and, and, and you, you want to push it. Um, certainly I think there's a little election year hesitation um, from all members of the legislature uh, scared to, uh, alienate anybody. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I, I think we have done a pretty good job being somewhat immune to the national divide and with the partisanship. Mm -hmm. Um, I see that changing a little bit with some of these candidates. Um, and that's, uh, I, 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 that, that concerns me, um, because at the end of the day, uh, there's really, not a Republican or Democrat way to address these local issues. There's really just a right and wrong way. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think some of the, the, the partisanship, I would say, is gotten, a, you know, gotten a little bit unruly. And, uh, you know, certainly that's something that hopefully we'll be able to uh, uh, get get away from in the next legislature. It's so true because as an executive and, and, and my opponent kind of slammed me as saying, well, you're not going to be part of the executive team and you're going to be this and it's going to be different for you and you're not going to handle it well. And I'm like, wait a minute, I can empathize and I can understand what you're doing and how you're doing it, being an executive and wanting to move this path forward because you're looking at the big picture and you're working right. at it 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 hours a week, you know, and it goes back to that. The more you put in, the more you get. I say that to trustees, you know, I'm going every day, six, sometimes seven days a week, working on projects on behalf of the village to make it a better place to live. And you're part of that process, but you've got to step up and be part of that process. But you also have to understand when I bring something forward, it's for the betterment of the whole community. It's not a benefiting one or the other. And to me, I just, it's not a lack of transparency. It's not all these other buzzwords that the left uses. It's We've got to understand that there's a mission, there's statement, there's goals, and there's things that are happening at your level that we you need to either you know, understand or get on board or ask questions and move the process forward because we're all better right. when the process moves forward. Well, exactly. And remember, I'm out there uh, working with, with companies across the country trying to get them to locate here. We're you know we're working on uh, big issues and. Uh, at times, you know, disclosure, it's not transparency. It's just, it, it's basic, you know, when, when it's ready to go, it's ready to go. Um, you know, we're not going to bring something over to the legislature that's not ready to go. Um, and we'll talk about it for a long period of time, but we can't share details uh, because of, you know, because of the sensitivity of some of these various initiatives. So uh, it, it, I agree 100%. You know, we've, <laughs> I've, I've learned some of these talking points through this budget process as we br we've brought over some bold ideas and we wanted them vetted. Uh, and, and, and they weren't. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll get them vetted after yeah. and uh, move through. But uh, 
government transparency. We're, we're probably one of the more transparent governments. We have our American Rescue Plan uh, initiatives on our website where anybody can go read them and read, read about them and read why we're doing them. And we're one of the only communities in the whole country that's done that. Um, so, you know, we pride ourselves on transparency because we think they're good ideas and we think they're, we, we know they'll have impacts in the, the targeted areas uh, that, where we're trying to help our people. Yeah. Well, I want to say thank you. I know you're busy and I really appreciate this is not our, hopefully not our last podcast, uh, but I really want to say thank you because we've had, you know, all the county legislators that would come on. We've had town, we've had village, uh, we've had, you know, some of your department heads on. And to me, it's been all about connecting those dots and putting a, a person to, you know, the position and, and really letting people know how village, town and county government works. And so I just want to say thank you. Uh, for being on the podcast and thank you for all your help and support and uh, God willing, I hope to be part of the team and I look forward to working with you. Yeah, absolutely, Mark. I look forward to it. Thank you. Thank you all. Have a great day. You too. Well, there it is, everybody. Again, thank you so much for joining us on this journey for the campaign for Onondaga County Legislature in the 10th District. We could not have gotten where we are today without you and your support. So thank you so much. If you'd like to stay up to date on anything happening with the campaign in these final days, you can visit us online at peopleforolson.com. You can also head to Facebook and find our Facebook page at Mark Olson for Onondaga County Legislator. Again, thank you so much for following along. We'll see everybody Tuesday night. <laughs>